is The Chris Sheeran Show, only on YesNetwork.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Chris Sheeran Show podcast here on YesNetwork.com and the at iTunes podcast network. Hi, Lou. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm great. Um, I came up with a little soapbox. You seem sure. angry, though. Yeah. I Well, you saw it this morning mm-hmm. before we came up here to tape this, and I told you I wrote something. Mm-hmm. I know you're a little scared. He's could, shaking. Could you, you can't hear that through it. the microphone? Yeah, he's shaking. You can't see it. Uh, you could have heard it. But anyway, listen. I, 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 there's only so much you could get pushed and, and take and, and read and, and just see how... Let me just read this. I'm sorry. I got it. Slim Pickens in the epic movie Blazing Saddles said it the best. What in the wide, wide sport world of sports is going on here? We got a white woman pretending to be black and running a chapter of the NAACP. Is that in Washington? Seattle. Yeah. Female is now an offensive term because it refers to a species that could carry a baby. I'm just learning this right now. Uh, so you can't say female anymore. Really? Apparently. Hmm. Uh, you can't use the word guys when referring to a group of people anymore because that's sexist. All right. You can persecute Tim Tebow and make him the butt of late night jokes because gasp, he believes in Jesus Christ and professes it. But Bruce, sorry, Caitlyn Jenner's off limits to any humor because that's offensive. Give me a break. We are running out of letters to call words the insert letter here words. In 20 years, we will be speaking without words because people won't be able to ascertain if something they say, even the most benign remark, will cost them their job. When did language hurt more than a bullet or a bayonet? You know the things a lot of men and women throughout the years have taken in order for us to wake up every morning and breathe in the sweet freedom we enjoy every damn day? When did we all agree to become wussified? Did I miss that memo? Was that in a TPS report that that I missed? Missed a cover sheet. When did we become apologists? Look, to me, it's just as offensive for someone to suggest that we can't poke fun at Caitlyn Jenner, and in the same breath, they mock someone's faith. Hello, pot, it's the kettle. You're black. I don't personally agree with atheists, but I respect the hell out of them. I don't make fun of them. I respect how they feel and their lack of belief. Perfect example, Ricky Gervais. He's an atheist. I love the guy. I love him. Bill Maher. Love his comedy. Love Bill Maher. I love both of their takes on religion. It makes you think. You have to have thicker skin. It makes you think. I respect both of their humor. I don't stop watching something they do because they don't believe in God. I think what makes us different is what makes us great. What makes us laugh makes us even better. Poking fun at each other and just being honest is the world I want to live in. Not this walk on eggshells every time you open your mouth, wondering if you're going to come up with the next word that is going to be the insert letter and say word after it word. You can follow that. Language can sometimes be offensive, but for the love of everything sacred, holy, can we just grow some thicker skin? Bend over and take a gigantic collective chill pill enema. Why am I bringing this up now on this podcast? Look, I'm sick and tired of being on the side of some of these issues where you can't have an opinion. You can only be punched. You cannot punch back. 
This side of the bag is labeled hateful things if they have an opinion, whereas the other side gets to punch like Rocky in the meat factory until we are our until our former way of life, where we had some semblance of freedom of speech, is completely bloodied. That's why I'm starting to punch back today. I have this forum for now, and I'm going to start using it more often. There, I said it. <clears throat> Matt, are you okay? Did you make it through? We have an intern. We have, yeah, we have our, our new media intern, Matt Heffler. Heffler. Uh, a UMass student, rising junior, correct? Enjoying the Christian show with us today. Future host of this podcast. <laughs> Future guy. Uh, it's a good thing I produce it, I guess. I um, that reminds me of Bill Maher, actually, speaking of which, had a rant on a show, uh, his show, I think a couple weeks ago, about the media attacking religion and how nobody's actually doing it. But people are saying, you know, it goes on. You can go watch it. It's on HBO On Demand. But it reminded me as I was as I was listening to that, thinking of Patton Oswalt, and I, I googled it to remember the entire thing. Who a couple months ago, when uh, the new host of The Daily Show, Trevor Noah, got in trouble for you know something he said six you know, years ago, particularly racist tweets. Patton Oswalt tweeted a joke that said, "Why did the man throw butter out the window?" Answer: He wanted to see butterfly, and then went on for fifty-two more tweets with a disclaimer such as. Man in my previous tweet should not be construed as privileged, misogynist, or anti-transgendered, nor should any assumption of man's race or religion be made, and on and on and on and on and on. And the, the sad thing is, you have to qualify a joke that says that. See, and that's my problem, especially when it comes to stand-ups. Now, look, you could be insensitive, and you could just be a pig up on stage. Mm -hmm. That's not comedy. That's just being an insensitive pig. I get that. I get the difference between a stand-up trying to you know, be creative with a joke. I used to do it. I did it for three to four years. I don't say I did stand-up. I tried stand-up, okay? We've talked about this before. But if stand-up comedy, if their language starts getting policed by the PC police, I don't want to be here anymore. If you're not allowed to make fun of certain things, like think about it for a second. Think of what Seinfeld just said and all the flack he took for it. Yeah. What You know... And it's fine to come out and get behind Caitlyn Jenner. I've said on this podcast, the guy could have did it in the 80s when he started taking the, the, the hormones, but he didn't to protect his kids. Kudos to, to Caitlyn Jenner for doing that. And kudos to her now for doing what she did. Fine. I get it. Okay. But it's okay for people to have a differing opinion mm -hmm. without labeling them transgender phobic or whatever the, the word, the, the new word would be. You know, you can't take somebody so set in their ways in their 60s or 70s that grew up with that being not okay and try to force feed them that it's okay. Or the opposite. When you look at something like what happened with Paula Dean a few years ago with how she reacted to all the controversy when she was called out for using racist words. 30 years having ago. Having grown up in the South in the 50s and 60s when... 30 years ago. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, you, you have to take it both ways. And we live in a society where you can't hurt anybody's feelings. You can't... It's getting... I mean, it's, just, it's getting ridiculous. It's, it, it's even more... I remember Doug and I used to talk about this. It's getting even more ridiculous from less than a year ago to now. You know, and, and I told the interns the other day, I, I really feel sorry for them and the generation after them because who knows what you're going to be allowed to say or right. do. If you've ever seen, what was that movie with Sylvester Stallone 
where he's cry, cryogenically frozen as a cop and he comes back. Demolition Man. Demolition Man, yeah. Wesley that's, Snipes. That's where we're heading. Yeah. Listen. Where you can't even high-five somebody, you can't touch them. George Carlin would be probably on our, He's probably rolled over in his grave multiple times. He's the, spinning. The seven words you can't say on television are now 700. Like you said, you know, there's the N-word, the F-word, the R-word, the C-word, the this-word, the that-word. Exactly. Word. Like, we're running out of letters, like you said. We are. We're going to have to have a double alphabet. Well, that's the uh, that's the CC word. Yeah, that's the RE word or the NI word. Like, or, the, Yan- yeah. like the Yankees are running out of numbers. <laughs> We're going to run out of letters in the alphabet soon. Somebody's going to be double zero at some point. Listen, I'm not saying that people can't be insensitive. And it's okay to be insensitive. It's not okay. I'm not insensitive. Okay? I, I look at everybody as being equal. That's the way I live my life. So... You have to understand something. I, I'm from... I'm fine with what Caitlyn Jenner has done. It's none of my business. It's none of my business. It's his... It's her life. Sorry. The pronouns. He's a, a she, she. She's a he. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a fire. It's a little... Dang. It's a little hard. But, you know, it, who am I? Who is Lou? Who is anybody on the I'm planet? the driver. Yeah, you are. Ding. Who is anybody else on the planet... To tell anyone else how to live their life or what to do with their life. They shouldn't. Okay? That, the one group of people that I can't stand, and I don't care about saying it, is the Westboro Baptist Church. Well, those, I think everybody hates them. Those but, people, yeah. except themselves. Except themselves. <laughs> They're like the A-Rod of church. Talk about a chill pill enema. That, there isn't one big enough for those people. But you know what? I, I and I'm sure you do respect their... You, we may hate them, but you respect their their right hey, to have those beliefs. They have... As wrong as you may think they are. They have the you-know-whats to go around doing what they mm-hmm. do. They do. And no matter how much you want to hate them, I, I hate... I, I can't say respect them. Well, the, I, I, you know, I, I guess I get what they do. The I other think. thing with quote-unquote kids today, I feel like old. I just turned 35 a week ago. Listen up, Matt. Um, we live in a very social media-driven generation now. Right? Would, would you say social media... Do, do you remember life without social media, Matt? Barely. 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 20? 20, 21? Yeah. yeah. And by the yeah. way, before you continue... So when you were born, I was in high school. So yeah, you. I'm sure you barely remember a world without computers, the internet, and social media. Lou and I are both phonically challenged, and Matt has a very healthy head. He has a very Bieber-esque head of hair. Yes, yes. he does. Uh, <laughs> here's my advice to anyone under the age of 25 listening to this podcast... If you wouldn't say it to your mother, don't tweet it. Exactly. That is the when I go talk to colleges, I have an outline of things that I talk, yep. and most of the, most of the first thing I talk about is all social media. Stay mm-hmm. off it. That and you know Stay what? Stay off it. If you plan to be a journalist, learn how to write with proper grammar and English sentence structure. Because <laughs> you know, 140 characters doesn't doesn't make the world go round, folks. Just and, letting you know. And ellipse, you, you could use ellipses on Twitter to break up words, but yeah. you can't write. <laughs> Um, Speaking who, of which... No, perfect example. I want to go back to what you said earlier. Who was the guy that was supposed to take over for John Stewart on The Daily Show? Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah. Something he said six, six years, years ago. ago on Twitter that some troll went back and went through his tweets. Some inane, albeit racist joke, and Trevor Noah is of the African-American persuasion. He is. is he not? Yep. So... You know, I don't know. It's just people will do it because it's another. But he's a comic. He's a comic. It's a dog eat dog world where 
when, people will turn on each other because... Would Don Rickles be able to do comedy the way he did it 50 no, years ago? No, and neither would George Carlin, and neither would any of those guys. That's my point. You can't infiltrate stand-up comedy like Chris that. Chris Rock wouldn't be able to do it. Right. And you know, his his claim to fame is the, you know, N-word versus black people. Right, right. right. There's no way he'd be able to do that. But it goes Ugh. back to the social media thing goes into what the first thing we want to talk about. It's a good which segue. Is, right. a boy. Which is the Royals having eight, eight players in line to start the All-Star game, which has caused a backlash of social media shenanigans. <laughs> in part because social media and the Internet is now the only way for you to vote for an MLB All-Star. The paper ballots have been discontinued. The chads are gone? The chads are gone. No more dimpled or hanging or... Dimpled, hanging, whatever you want. Any adjective here, verb... Pimpled. Pimpled, dimpled, <laughs> hanging, banging, wanging. That's not a word. <laughs> all gone because it's now all online voting. Which maybe explains why none of the Yankees are doing any any good because the fan base, many of them skew older and may or may not... You know, right. Be internet You're right. savvy. Absolutely. But MLB has said, Commissioner Manfred has said, you know, we'll wait to see how it plays out before we talk about things. There is precedent um, for commissioners changing. Matt is shaking his head because he wrote the story the other day. Um, well, actually, him and I kind of did it together. Tag team? Tag team. Uh, about the, the Royals all-star fiasco. He did the Ned Yost, um, Alex Gordon reaction. I did the eight guys are in line. Uh, the precedent, 1957, I believe, the Reds had seven All-Stars, and the commissioner stepped in and said, no, that's the, the, some of these guys don't belong. Right. So the record is six by the 1939 Yankees, I believe, which the Royals are going to shatter uh, if things hold up. But even Royals fans on social media, and we did the extra innings show on Monday night after the Yankees-Marlins game, and they used a couple of the tweets. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time that night on Twitter, sending tweets to our producers to, to, to go through about the subject. Some of them even said that our Royals fans, that this is basically an epic troll job. They don't even want Omar Infante starting at second base on their own team, let alone the All-Star game. And when a guy's hitting 221 with no homers, 17 RBIs, three walks, and 32 Ks in 55 games, and is, out of 168 Major League qualifiers, 168th in on-base percentage plus slugging, <laughs> He has a lower OPS than Didi Gregorius and Stephen Drew. And Think about that. And right now he's in line to start He's in line the to start the All-Star game. Okay. Maybe there's maybe somebody's gaming the system, maybe not. Maybe because it's online. What about Jason Kipnis? Well, he's probably should be. Kipnis is hitting 333 with a 909 OPS, five homers, 28 ribbies, 19 doubles, 84 hits, 10 steals. And, and how many games. hits did he have in May? 51. And what was that? What did it set? It was a new franchise record for the Indians. I, I, he has more. He had more hits in May than Omar Infante does all season. <laughs> and yet, Jason Kipnis is in third place yeah. behind Omar Infante and, and deservedly Jose Altuve, who's hitting two ninety five homers, twenty eight ribbies, seventeen steals, in sixty two games. Hurt himself, so he's might be out for a little right. bit. But that's Kipnis. That's Altuve. Pedroia, Dustin Pedroia. Far be it from a Yankees fan to ever give Dustin Pedroia credit for anything. Hitting 313, 9 homers, 27 ribbies in 64 games. Having a Dustin Pedroia season. Brian Dozier, who might be the fan favorite, <laughs> theoretically, because the game's at target field. 265, 13 homers, 32 ribbies, hometown guy. All of them 
more deserving of an all-star bid than Omar he's, Infante. He's not even, he's not even on the, the list. top five. Yeah, it's it's Kipnis, Pedroia, Altuve, and Kinsler, I'm assuming, yes, are the top Kinsler. five? Kinsler. Kinsler's four. Not, none of them. Of those five guys, at least three of them, if not four, are going to get shafted out of an all-star appearance that yeah. they deserve yeah. because Omar Infante and his 221 average were voted in by the fans. Now, you could look at that, okay? And the minute you sent that tweet out a couple of days ago about the Royal Sitch, as you put it. The Royal Sitch. Hey, what's your Sitch? Oh, uh, boy. <laughs> That's from SNL. That's how you kids talk these days. You whippersnappers. Get That's off a 140-character my... abbreviation for situation. Get off my lawn. Because, uh... Mike the situation? Yeah. I forgot his last name. Otherwise, I did, you know, I Mike did. whatever his last yeah, name is. Sorrentino. There, there we go. go. Mike Sorrentino is How's he one. doing these days? How's his salon working I think out? he's in jail for tax evasion. All righty then. Yeah. Moving on. Dancing with the Stars <laughs> alumni, Mike Sorrentino. <laughs> All right. So, um... I'm going to give you two choices. We're going to go through both, but I'm going to give you two. Which would you rather do first? And my point with these is the fact that Lou just brought up some guys might miss an all-star game uh, because of the chicanery and nonsense that's going on with this uh, troll-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o
who is fourth because he was on the ballot because they simply list the nine starters for each team on the ballot. He's, he's not even in the top 15, Lou. Not even in the top 15. Carlos Beltran is Well, Gerard Dyson isn't even on the ballot. That's why he's not in the top 15. He's not on the ballot. He's not on the ballot. He got called up from the minors when Rios got hurt. Well, before or, I get, actually no, he didn't. Paulo Orlando, then, then, who also has better. Then before I get before I get into this, uh, which player first thing? Then uh, another thing is why don't and we talked about this briefly yeah. in our pre-show meeting, but why can't the ballot come out now and put and only put the guys on it that deserve to go to the All Star game? Right. Why, why can't if that it's, happen? Especially if it's only online, all it takes is updating a web page. Right. That's it. That's it. The, before you get into that, let me, let me say this, because we mentioned this again in our pre-show meeting. I looked at the four worst teams in the American League, because usually it's the worst teams that get one All-Star, like Tampa Bay did for right, their, right. most of their existence right. until they reached the World Series. Mm-hmm. The Red Sox, Pedroia is, Pedroia or Hanley Ramirez, who's got 13 homers and hit like 270, mm-hmm. clearly their best All-Star candidates. So if Pedroia gets in and Infante wins... Say goodbye to Kipnis, say goodbye to Altuve, say goodbye to Dozier, say goodbye to at least two of them. So Jason Kipnis, who's hitting 333, 10 stolen bases, five homers, is clearly the best player on the Indians, might not be an all-star. That's ridiculous. You look at the White Sox, there are three potential all-stars. Jose Abreu is going to be another one of those guys who's an all-star forever. David Robertson's actually having a pretty good season for a bad team. And Chris Sale is being Chris Sale. Mm-hmm. Do they leave off Abreu because there's six first basemen who deserve to go other than Hosmer? And they say, well, you know, Chris Sale will be their all-star because that way we can get Mark Teixeira in there as the Yankees all-star or Albert Pujols in there as the Angels' lone all-star. Well, he won't be because Trout will be, but you know what I mean. Miguel Cabrera is hitting 345, 14 homers, 48 rabies, a 1043 ops. Texas hitting 254, 1848, 952 ops. Prince Fielder, who's a first baseman, despite the fact that he's played first base 10 times this year, 341, which I believe leads the AL, 10 homers, 46 ribbies. Pujols, 273, he hit his 19th bomb last night, take the AL lead, 36 RBI. At least two of those guys are not going to make the All-Star team. And that's not even counting Jose Abreu. What do you do? <laughs> like... You know, the A's, the, oh, the A's boy. are terrible. They've got three guys worthy of an all-star bid. Sonny Gray should be there because he's, I think, eight and three with a 1-6 ERA. Is Steven Boat, who's having an amazing season, is he going to get left off? Because Salvador Perez is voted in and there's maybe another catcher having a better uh, offensive season? Is Josh Reddick going to get screwed because he's having a great season, but Kane, Gordon, and Trout took up three of the maybe seven outfield spots? Salvador Perez isn't just leading. He's the all, he's the leading vote getter in the American League. He's got four million. He's got four million more votes than Stephen Vote, who's number two. Yeah. Salvador Perez, two ninety ten homers, plays every day almost. How does Salvador Perez have more votes than Mike Trout? How does that? Happen? He has more votes. He's the leading vote getter in the American that's League. My point. How does that happen? Mike Trout is like the poster boy for Major League Baseball, and Salvador Perez has the most votes. It's I believe you get like thirty-five votes per email address. I have six email addresses. Oh my! God. I can yeah. I can theoretically go cast two hundred and ten votes for Didi Gregorius right now. In the next hour, uh, but you won't. 
Matt, I'll give you the password and I'll six my email accounts. Go vote for Didi Gregorius. <laughs> and while you're at it, go Steven vote Drew. <laughs> and while you're at it, go vote for whoever the hell plays third base for the uh, for the Athletics these days. And they traded Josh Donaldson. Is it Brett Laurie? Is he playing third base? It is Brett Laurie. Yeah. yeah, good. Go vote for him too. And uh, JB Shuck, I think, is on an American League team. Go vote for him. All right, let's and Cole Calhoun. Let's have some fun with with some past. All right, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if we're gonna have this same vitriol for what's going on, we have to look to the past with yes. the fan vote. We have to look to the past too, and call you know what on this as well. Did this research last night? Wasn't hard. Thank you, BaseballReference.com. But we'll start in 2001. Cal Ripken Jr.'s last year in the majors, his 19th All Star appearance. Mm-hmm. Okay, shouldn't have been on the team. Yeah, it Should was a, not have been in Safeco Field. Clearly a lifetime achievement award. Should not have been there. It's a joke. So if you're going to call you-know-what on this year, you got to call it like it is back in 2001. Cal Ripken played third base that year. Okay? Here's his numbers at the break. 240, four homers, 28 ribbies. His on-base was 270. Slugging 324, OPS of 594. Clearly not the Cal Ripken that was the Cal Ripken of the Cal Ripken era. Now. With Cal Ripken. Now. I have one, two, three, four. I have five different third basemen that you could have made an argument. Well, one was was in with them. The, the AL carried two third basemen. Ripken and Troy Gloss. Troy Gloss. Troy Gloss. Troy Gloss. At the break. Do you two, know who Troy Gloss is? Okay. 247, 22, and 54. Yeah, he was uh he had a monster season that year. 359 OBP. 89 points higher than Ripken. 519 slugging. 195 higher than Ripken. Well, he had 22 home runs to break. 877 OPS. 283 higher than Ripken. He's the backup. He had a batting average higher than Ripken in OPS. He's the backup! And if you remember the first inning, A-Rod pushed him over That was the his short. first appearance at third base, yes. Right. Foreshadowing. All right, here's one. Here's one that you... Corey Kosky. Was he a twin? Yes. Or a Blue Jay? No, he was a twin. Okay. He did not make the team, okay? 259, 12, and 55. Astronomically higher than Ripken. Didn't make the team. 354, 454, four on the floor, full house with a blower. Yahtzee. Thing, cannonball too. <laughs> Joe Theismann. 8.08 OPS. Xavi did not make the team. Eric Chavez. Did not make the team. 245, 11.46, 3.01 OBP, 4.37 slugging, 7.38 OPS. Our buddy, Scott Brocious. XBL Brocious? Didn't make the team. 298, 11, 34, 362 OBP, 478 slugging, 841 OPS. I think that was his season the year before he signed with the Yankees. Did not make the team. David Bell. (laughs) I'm reaching into the bag, baby. Cleveland? Uh, Toronto? It was either Cleveland or Toronto. 261, 9 and 44. 304 OBP, 418 slugging, 722 OPS. Those four last players that I mentioned did not make the team. And I can guarantee to you, each four of those guys had something built into their contract that gave them a bonus. That's possible. A lot of guys do. For making the all-star team. Because I'm telling you right now, David Bell probably wasn't making a lot of money. And David Bell also probably wasn't making a lot of all-star teams. Right. So teams teams that, put in those incentives and say, hey, we'll give you... 
you know. Now look, I'm sure Nathan Avaldi has something in his contract that says he wins the Cy Young. He wins. He gets a million dollars. If it was me, it would have been Gloss and Brocious. He would have made the team. If they were carrying two, it would have been Gloss and Brocious. Yeah, that's it. Koski would have had a good, good. He good, would have had argument. a shot. He had the best argument of the other. He would have had a shot. And the only one I'll give Ripken this: the only player with a better fielding percentage than him out of that list was Chavez. Everybody else, right, but Ripken, you don't. You don't. Defense doesn't doesn't get you right. in the All Star game, which is why right. Marcus Semyon has so many votes, despite the fact that he has 196 errors in in the first half of the season. Okay, so that's <laughs> his entire career is an error at this point. Thirteen years later, another shortstop. And we have to pick on him. Sorry, Jeeves. I love him. I defended him against Keith Olbermann in a blog Sorry, last year. Uh, Is this no Jeets? Hashtag no Jeets? Yeah. Okay. Last year, 2014. This time, a shortstop who didn't move to third base, Derek Jeter. Um, his uh, year at the break last year, 272, two homers, 25 ribbies. 324 on base, 322 slugging, 647 OPS. Eric Ibar, who did make the team, Alexi Ramirez, who did make the team, they're the next in line. Here's their numbers. 283, 6, and 50. 282, 8, and 41. And Ramirez is the one that replaced Jeter in the middle of that inning. Right. right. Yeah. 318 OBP for him, 400 slugging, 718 OPS. 320 OBP for Ibar, 411, and 732. Ooh, I'm raising my hand, I'm raising my hand, I'm raising my hand. They really realistically carried three shortstops knowing Jeter was going out there for a ceremonial one or two inning. I get that. So... So keep that in mind when you say all these guys that didn't make the team, because realistically, Ibar and Ramirez probably should have been the two, and they only both made it because you knew Jeter was there ceremonially. So just keep that in mind, well, listeners right. of the world. Right, but my whole point is there should no there shouldn't right. be a ceremony. Right. That's but if I'm you saying, don't deserve to be on the team, you don't deserve to be on the I'm team. I'm telling the listeners to keep that in mind as you go down to okay. the better qualified candidates. Gotcha. Uh, Alcides Escobar. Didn't make the team. 283, 229, 320, 386, 706. J.J. Hardy didn't make the team. 283 and 26, 308, 363, 671. Jose Reyes didn't make the team. 273, 728, 327, 411, 738. Now so keep in mind also. If we're going to call BS yep. this year, you got to reach back into the past and these glorified, you know, Roy Rogers riding off into the sunset. Die hard. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't happen. Keep in mind now, too, that I what I just said, Ramirez and Ibar both made the team. If Jeter wasn't there, would they have carried three shortstops? And if not, who's the guy that missed out on an all-star bid because Derek Jeter was there? Or who's the guy that missed out on an right. all-star bid because Cal Ripken was right. there? Right. It doesn't have to be third base. It, right. They could have taken now, away another position. Take that again. Go back to your shortstops. What was Alcides Escobar's line last year in the first half? 283, 2, and 29. Give me, give me everything. 320 oh. OBP. 320 OBP, 386 slugging, 706 OPS. Through yesterday, mm-hmm. which means there's about 25 games left before the break, Escobar is hitting 258 with two homers and 20 RBIs in 52 games. What? He's the leading vote getter at shortstop right now. He's worse. <laughs> than last year. He is worse this year than last year when he didn't make the team where they had three shortstops. Does that not just prove our point right there? The Royals deserve... And that's not the baseball gods. This is fans. This has nothing to do with the baseball gods. I'll give the Royals three. Salvador Perez hitting 290, 10 homers, 29 okay. RBIs, 58 games. Yeah. You look at the guys that are in the top five. Steven Vogt deserves to be an all-star. Russell Martin's borderline. Yeah. 
Perez, I'll give you. If he wasn't voted in, he probably would be the backup. I'll give you that. Especially if Ned Yost is picking him. Mm-hmm. Moustakis is hitting 326. The high, the best hit, the best hitting, best average of any third baseman that's qualified in the American League. Six homers, 22 RBIs. Not the best power numbers, but he's he's raking. Again, you look at the third baseman there. Josh Donaldson deserves it. Castellanos, Beltre, Machado probably has a good argument. Yeah, that's that's one I would argue. But I'll give you I'll give you Moustakis. Donaldson's 305, 17, 45. But Machado should not be yeah. fifth. They both have better they both have better power numbers, but Moose has a better I'll I'll give you he's the he's the iffy one. And the third one I'll give you is probably if you want to take one all around outfielder, because you've got a couple of power guys if you want to take one, I'll give you Lorenzo Kane. Who's hitting 286 with 28 rabies, 11 steals? He's eighth in average, 19th in home runs, 17th in RBIs, eighth in steals among outfielders in the American League. I'll give you him because Yost is going to pick a Royal. I'll give you him. Right. That's it. Kendrys Morales. Can we look at the DH? I was just going to say. Kendrys Morales hitting 278 with seven homers and 41 RBIs. Alex Rodriguez has better numbers than that. He's what about fifth. Nelly Cruz? Nelson Cruz has 18 home runs. He's listed as a DH. He's and played a lot of right field. And Carnacion's only hitting 230, but he's got more home runs. Victor Martinez, uh, same thing. Alex Rodriguez. Agree to disagree. Let's be fair. Alex Rodriguez and probably Nelson Cruz should be the two American League DHs. Yeah. I, I No offense agree to Kendry's. Kendry's on one of my fantasy teams, and he's doing well, but. You know, a DH who's hitting 278 with seven homers in mid June is not really an all star. Well, the commissioner's going to have to step in here because, like I said, if, if Mike Trout goes down and nobody wants that to happen, but if it does, you're starting the entire Royals team in the All-Star game. And again, like I said, somebody's going to lose Omar out. And Fonte, you have his numbers? 221, no homers, 17 RBIs, three walks, 32 Ks. And how many plate appearances? 55 games, so 200 and 55 games. He's, he's your second base all-star he's, starter. He is 168th out of 168 qualifiers in Major League Baseball on OPS. That's Now, second base isn't a premium power position, but I should not have more walks in a slow-pitch softball season than he does in a Major <laughs> League Baseball season. I'm serious. <laughs> I know, I know you're I've, serious. I know I've walked at least three times already this year in softball. And that's terrible. I hate uh, arc pitch. Jimmy Rollins, who's having, admittedly, the worst season of his career and is hitting 198, has a higher OPS than Omar Infante. Melky Cabrera, who has seven extra base hits out of 60 hits and is in the toilet, has a better OPS. Didi Gregorius and Stephen Drew both have 602 OPSs, which is 66 points higher than Omar Infante's. I think we made our point. Shall, shall. I think I get the point. <laughs> I don't think you do. <laughs> Let's move on to the other side of Missouri and the shenanigans yes. going on there, shall we? Now we have the St. Louis Cardinals. Oh. Not because they're dominating the major leagues with the best record in the sport, but because some vindictive front office members went all Watergate on former Cardinals executive and current Houston Astros GM Jeff Lunau. Uh, from the Michael S. Schmidt article in the New York Times, what's today's date? Today is June 17th. So in the 16th. Uh, in the 16th uh, New York Times. Or a day early because I'm leaving yeah. for vacation. Bob. That's fine. 
you you deserve it. You bust your rear end. Anyway, uh, the FBI is investigating the Cardinals, who are accused of hacking into an internal network of the Houston Astros to steal info about players back in 2013. Internal trade discussions, stats, scouting reports were all infiltrated. Subpoenas are being served to the Cards and MLB. Uh, according to the commissioner, Rob Manfred, the uh, Major League Baseball has cooperated with the federal investigation. Law enforcement believes uh, the hacking was executed by vengeful front office employees for uh, the cards, hoping to wreak havoc on the, uh, the work of Jeff Lunhow, the Astros GM, who had been successful uh, in a polarizing, didn't really get into how he was polarizing uh, as an executive with the Cardinals until 2011. Uh, that, of course, all that info, courtesy of Michael S. Schmidt from the New York Times. Now, th this is extremely interesting to me, because we talked about this before, too. But how... And the other nugget you have to get in there, they found out that this information was on a computer in a house that was shared by at least three Cardinals front office executives. Mm -hmm. So, with all that being said... You know, the evidence allegedly is there, so how do you punish the Cardinals? I, I mean, what do you do? You can't go back to 2011 Somebody, and take away their World Series title. This didn't happen no, it's until the last, 2013. It's the last three years and part of this year, because one out left in 2012. But the team, the team right now has the best record in Major League Baseball. And, and a lot of those guys were run out draftees. Right. Somebody's going to get scapegoated and banned for and join Pete Rose and Joe Jackson on the on the the do not fly list is what's going to happen because that's really the only thing you can do. I mean, you can't take away. Can you vacate all the Cardinals' wins? I, like, I mean, what this I, I causes don't know a what huge ripple effect throughout baseball, not just because the Cardinals are spying on the Astros. And what uh, what's what's more, Lou is here. You know the answer to this, and I'll ask you: When's the last time the FBI investigated a major league team? Nineteen sixty, never. Exactly. Here's, first of all, can we talk about how the Houston database was called Ground Control? That's fantastic. Ground Control <laughs> to Major Tom. Ding. Um, and you first heard of this, last, you, you remember last year where the Yankees were getting a little flack out of this because one of the things in the database was the Yankees were apparently shopping Ichiro and looking to eat as much of his salary as possible to get rid of him, and the Astros were one of the teams they had talked to, and yada, 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 that's in the database. The the real ripple effect of this is teams that lose front office guys are going to have to change radically the way they do things when right. they do. Yeah, I mean, if you read further into the article or you read other articles about it, apparently they hacked into the system because of Jeff Lonow's own stupidity in a way. Yeah, he did the password. He was using. They just they had a list of master passwords. They did. The Cardinals and have that's a similar, how they cracked it. Yeah. The Cardinals have a similar system called Redbird. I'm mm -hmm. sure every team has something like that. They had a list of master passwords. Now, granted, one two three four five is a password an idiot would have on that's his luggage. <laughs> but I, I've been wanting to throw that in there for five minutes. <laughs> um, but granted, like I mean, now I have I have a couple of generic passwords I use for like you know to log into my like higher rewards right. and things like that, right? Right. So, you know, they tell you not to do that because if somebody hacks your password, you know, and you're using the same password elsewhere, you know, your, your life is pretty unscrewed. Your identity's gone. Same thing here. You have a list of master passwords. Don't use the same ones when you go somewhere else. 
I mean, don't change Cardinals one to Astros one. You know, like I mean, <laughs> they basically you know said the hacking was done sloppily, but at the same time, Lunau, um, the way he set up his new system was done sloppily too. If they were able to hack into it the way they did. But let me ask you this, and this is the other, this is the devil's advocate side of it, and because cybercrime is a new thing, see, I mean, they now have CSI, so clearly it's blown up. Let me ask you this: If you leave here and go to anywhere. Okay. Okay. I happen to know your password for something. Okay. Because we do this podcast together, and sometimes I have to look in your email or somewhere right. like that and whatever. So, right. so your password is, you know, Christian Rules, right? Okay. For your email. <laughs> for the sake of If argument. you go to work at if you go to work at CBS. I gotta change it now, but go ahead. You go to work at CBS, and I know because I know someone else, you know, you email me, hey, my new email is Chris.sheeran at CBS.com. If I log in to your web Outlook and log in, see Sheeran and whatever, and put in Chris Sheeran rules, and it's your password, does that does that make me more or less of a bad guy? Because yes, it's still hacking. I'm still unauthorized entry in your email, but you gave me your password back in the day, right? Yeah, but it's different. I, that's different because. I'm at a different company now. We don't share information. We're not doing a podcast together anymore. That's kind of sketchy if you go in there and hack into my email. Right. But is it but but is it a lesser degree of and I'm using air quotes, you're hacking because No, I don't think it's a lesser degree. Well, you I know what that was his password here, so let me I, I, I think it's the same degree of hacking. I mean I can go home and just I can go home and if my wife's not home, I can log on to her iPad because I know the password. Right. And read her email if I want. Right. Because it's right there. It's unprotected. That's technically hacking, right? I mean, Tec- just because I know the password. Technically, yeah, but that's not, it's not business. I know it's a different scenario, yeah. but I'm just saying. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I see where you're this, going. That's a slippery slope. But though. with this litigious society we live in these days, you absolutely have to go by the letter of the law because one deviation from it is the loophole that someone's going to exploit. I guarantee you, if this gets looked into, the Cardinals will be like, well, this is the list of, you use the same password. Yeah, I but guarantee that, you that's going to be the defense. But that, we had the password. But that's not an excuse. It's not an excuse, but it could end up in court as a good defense. I, well, it's a defense. I don't know if it's a good yeah. defense. I mean, we had the password. I watch Hot Bench before I get before I come to work in the morning. I know what's up. I used to watch Law & Order. I can't But no, but I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, this... This could end up getting a less severe penalty than you think because if someone's going to use that. If there's any loophole that a defense attorney can find and use, they will. They will and grab that's, it. And that's why you know Bruce Jenner was married to a Kardashian. Even the most infinitesimal, decimal, infinitesimal, yes. even the most infinitesimal thing that a defense attorney will find, he or she will take that nugget. If it don't fit, you must acquit. And make it the size of Texas. A Texas-sized house of cards defending his client or her client. I know he's not the one who said it, but if it don't fit, you must acquit is why you know the Kardashians. Going back around to the Caitlyn Jenner. Going back around to Caitlyn Jenner because Robert Kardashian was one of OJ's defense attorneys. Yes, he was. And if you go on YouTube, because you can, and look when that verdict is read, the look on Kardashian's face is like, "Holy cow, we did it!" Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, I can't believe it's this like is it's like when when Tommy so, Tommy Boy sells half a million brake pads to Dan Aykroyd. Yes, yes, yeah. 
That look. It's that look. Like, are you serious? <laughs> He's no, not I, I can tell you this. I remember, and, and Matt's sitting there in the corner like, who's O.J. Simpson? Um, <laughs> I'm a Bills fan. <laughs> I'm a Bills He's, fan. He is a Bills fan, I know. Um, he's one of two, I know. Um, Brian Sanborn, my buddy. Three. Uh, I remember I was, it was uh, my junior, sophomore or junior year of high school, and we turned it on in my business law class. Because the OJ verdict, it just happened to be being read that day, and it was during that time, and we had a very long decision. So I remember watching that on CNN that year. This is CNN. And that was 21 years ago. 1994. Broke but, into the Knicks finals yeah. against the Rockets. But the point being, and that 30 for 30 was great, by the way, if you've seen that June 17, 1994. I lived it. I lived it. Um, yeah, th- that's the point, is that something, this is going to end up getting much less of a severe penalty than you think, just because of all that. And who, honestly, this who, makes... Who is the Cardinals' Cato Kalen? <laughs> and this makes Spygate plus Deflategate look like somebody, <laughs> like, you know, somebody peed in the pool. I mean, like, it's, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. In terms of scope. Yeah, you're right. Somebody peed in the Olympic diving pool. I mean, that's what this looks like compared to that. Yeah. I mean, when you get the or feds. Or that's what they look like compared to this. When you get the feds involved in the Department of Justice and the FBI investigating a Major League Baseball team, which has happened never. Uh, yeah. And th- see, this is this is Manfred's first year, right? Yeah, he he's took got over last year. He's got an entire Royals team taking over the All Star game, and now he's got this with the card. Maybe we should just sell Missouri back to wherever we got it from. Hey, thanks a lot, bud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least nobody's on drugs. Appreciate I mean, it. That well, <laughs> oh wait, um, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Who did we get Missouri from? I have yeah. no. I don't. Was ask that part of Louisiana Purchase? Can we sell it Maybe. back to the French? Maybe. Ah, Le Missouri. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a mess for it's a mess for Rob Manfred. There's two messes for Rob Manfred. It's funny I that they're both in the show me state. <laughs> Go figure. But yeah, I don't know. This is going to be interesting to watch. And the FBI, man. First they got FIFA. Now this ISIS is still running wild over there in the Middle East. But damn it, we got FIFA and MLB. For cheating. Yeah, they still have Branford, though. And Yakov Smirnov is in Branford, so something's good in Missouri. Branson, you mean? Branson. What the country? In Soviet Russia, investigation, FBI zero. (laughs) (laughs) What the country? Freedom in the box. I've bought 15 of them. What the country? country. Anyway. (laughs) Do you know who Yakov Smirnov is? Okay, there you go. World. (laughs) <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting next few weeks to watch between both of these. I won't call them scandals because I don't know if the All Star Game thing is a scandal quite yet. But both of these issues yeah. coming out of Missouri. Now, now can we break down the NBA and NHL finals? Even though in next week's podcast we, we, discuss, we don't know we who don't win. know who won because <laughs> we taped it last week. Yeah, it's for next week. Taped last week and this week is live. Yeah, anyway. we can. We could also. I mean, we could also break down the Yankees who continue to be. Well, I guess let's we'll... let, let's just let's put a nice little bow on the NBA and NHL, and then we could do the Yankees right. for a little bit. We're almost at the magic hour, everybody. Um, how about this? All right, I don't know if you think it's nonsense, but when my dad thinks something's nonsense, he'll call me up and just scream at me, like not at me, but to mm-hmm. me about something he heard on Sports Talk Radio, <laughs> which is a lot. And uh, I guess this was um, Mike and Mike. 
and Greenberg was pontificating about how LeBron James should be the MVP, win or lose, uh, of the finals. And my dad proceeded to go on a 25 to 30 minute diatribe on how he thinks Greenberg is an idiot. And, and several rooms in the family. Yeah, and <laughs> and how Mike Golick pretty much um, is a stooge. Well, no, he was telling that he's insane. Uh, so my dad was behind Golick. But anyway, uh, I'd like to bring that up. Listen, and there's a couple of great memes going on today on how uh, Curry. What was that finishing move in the ring? Did you see that one mm-hmm. where he dropped? LeBron and he dropped Elavadova. Yeah, I saw that. I don't know if it's a DDT or. It's a yeah, it's a combination of multiple things. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, there's that one. There's there's the other. There's a real popular one about Michael Jordan being asked a question about being the best player in the world, and his answer was, uh, as I try to paraphrase this as best as I could, Jordan said, "It's not about the best player in the league, the best player in the world. You know, there have been." great players, they just play in different eras. That's how he answered that question. And, of course, everybody butted that up against what LeBron said. After a Game 5 loss, mm-hmm. I don't worry about it. I'm the I'm best here. player in the world. Yeah, He is. He is. Right he, now. He is. Right now. You can't. Now, look, you could get all over LeBron. You could hate on him. And you could go all the way back to the decision because I do <clears> as well. But no matter how much you hate him, the guy is the best basketball player on the planet. He just averaged. You ready? Almost a triple-double. Almost 36 points, over 13 rebounds, and almost nine assists in the finals. Almost a triple-double. Almost a triple-double. And a dominant triple-double at And set an NBA record for most points per game either scored or assisted on. He was responsible either by buckets he made or assists. 57.7 points a game for the Cavaliers, who averaged like 94. After game three... There was a meme that came out with Jr. and uh, Shumper mm-hmm. that said, "One man's trash is another man's treasure." Timofey also. There was another meme that came out today. Well, that's why the Cavs lost. They had three X Knicks, and the Warriors only had one. They had they had one come out today that's that had the picture of the both of them that said the Trash Brothers. <laughs> My how a couple of games have changed. Iman Shumpert was not necessarily trash. No, but J.R. Smith was. J.R. Smith just missed another. J.R. Smith just missed another ten three pointers. Yeah, I mean he was bad. He Somebody was, called into Joe and Evan last week and said that he was a coach of J.R. Smith's way back in the day. I, I heard that. I actually heard that. And yeah. he said he's like, if he starts zero for four, pull him and sit him the rest of the game because he doesn't recover from a bad start. And then somebody called in right after that and said, how's a high school coach going to tell you yeah, about yeah, an NBA yeah. player? And they said he coached them in coached high school. Them, yeah. <laughs> I think he's allowed to say that. Um, but anyway, look. I'm pretty sure Bob Hurley has a lot to say about a lot of players in the NBA from coaching them, too. It, I mean. it is a damn shame. And, and listen, if LeBron has Kyrie, let's face it, Delavadova played his rear end off, but he was done. And I think LeBron was done, too. I just think these guys were gassed. If he has Kyrie and he has love throughout the playoffs, I'm not saying they beat the Warriors. I'm saying it's a totally different series. Because if you look at most of those games, Lou, the Cavs reminded me, I watched the team the whole year. I watched like seven minutes in the NBA Finals. I'm not going to lie. They reminded me a lot of the Brooklyn Nets. They weren't hitting their three-pointers. 
They were relying on one guy to do all the scoring. And with the with look with yep. the Cavs, you know who it is. But with the Nets, it was a different player. It was whoever player. it was that right. night. It was yeah. whoever it was that night. <clears throat> but the Cavs could not win that series without Kyrie and without Love. They didn't have what Golden State had. And what Golden State has is a starting five and a deep bench that could hurt you not only inside but outside as well. Look at a guy like Harrison Barnes. It's the first time anyone's ever called Maurice Spates worthwhile, but okay. Look at Andre Iguodala. What's he, 45? And he won the MVP <laughs> trophy. Yeah, he's the MVP. He's, he, didn't start a, he didn't start a game until game three. His first start of the season was game three in the NBA but, but look at all the players. Klay Thompson. Does most of his damage from outside, but could break you down and drive to the bucket. Steph Curry, we all know what he could do. Andre Iguodala, Harrison Barnes. David Lee was a fixture on the bench. He comes out and plays meaningful minutes. Andrew Bogut contributed Andrew when he Bogut. got a chance. I mean, this team is loaded. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you there and say that Kevin Love and Kyrie, yes. Kyrie, much more importantly than Kevin. Oh Hall. no, no, no! You're right because you're absolutely right. What even though Golden State has a deep bench and a lot, they do play small an awful lot. Yes. So you can get away without Kevin Love. But Kyrie, size. no, but Kyrie was Kyrie vital hurt because they their their guard depth was shot, and they had Amon Shumpert playing a lot more like high leverage minutes than NJR Smith, and really they should. Sometimes you had LeBron running the damn yep. point, and LeBron wouldn't have to run the show. LeBron would not have averaged nine assists in the series if Kyrie Irving played more than 30 minutes. He would have had a triple-double if guys hit their damn shots. Think about it. You know, the guy gets a lot of flack. And and some of it deservedly so because he goes out and he says some things that rub people the wrong way. Over six games, that's seven assists. Like he's the best player in the world. You know, that rubs people the wrong way because... That's not for you to say, really. That's for other people to say about you. It's okay to think that. I'm going to say it about him. Because no, I, I do too. Because I do too. But but I'm t- I'm trying to explain okay. why people might be rubbed the wrong way about that. You could think that. You could have that confidence about you. But to just go out there and brandish it like a gun, people, you know, they don't like that. L- listen, LeBron James has proven he's two and four. You know? He's two and four in the finals in his career. Right. He has proven in three of his four losses, I won't count 07 because that was a whole different animal, in the last three losses out of the last five years, he has proven three things in each of those three losses. In 2011, when they lost to the Mavericks, he proved that a team of all-stars can be very good, but it's going to take them time to gel. Right. And the Heat did. They won two more championships oh, look, right well, now. Well, look at the beginning of that year. They were terrible. Right. right. Last year, he and the Heat proved that you may have the best player or the best players on the planet, but basketball is still a team game. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, LeBron proved this year by bringing a team that had Matthew Dellavedova, Amon Shumpert, J.R. Smith, Timothy Mozgov, Tristan, Tristan Thompson, Thompson, and a bunch of other jabronis you've never heard of <laughs> playing the majority of the minutes other yeah. than LeBron's in the finals, that he is far and away the best player on the planet. He is. The guy who could legitimately be the MVP of life you, for basketball. You have no argument. Because he brought that team that was basically the bad news bears of basketball to game six of the finals six. against a team that won 67 games, six games in possibly one of the hardest Western conferences in an era where the Western conference is impossible every year. I got I got nothing. You're right. You're absolutely right. I'm just trying to tell and you. And if he opts out this year, by the way, uh-huh. doesn't pick up his player option, he can he can go to hell. That's my rant on LeBron. Well, because you know what? Then he's going to prove that as much as he says Cleveland, 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 he's all about the money at this point. He is. 
Well, look, I don't think he could do that because I think that hurts his brand, and mm-hmm. and I think he can get some uh, another big time free agent to come to and, Cleveland. And to Cleveland's him. got a lot. There's a lot of guys that are either restricted or unrestricted free right. agents, including Kevin Love. And LeBron should just go out to him and say, "Look, look what we did this year, especially to Kevin Love. Look what we did this year without you. Imagine if we had you a full season. Imagine if Kyrie doesn't get hurt." We could dominate this league for three to four years because, as Joe and Evan again said this morning, and we give them a lot of props because we listen to them a lot and they're mm-hmm. good, mm-hmm. The, East, the East stinks. I mean, the East is terrible, and it's not getting any better anytime soon. So if you get if you sign Kevin Love to a max deal for five or six years and you've got Kyrie for the, another five years on an extension and you get LeBron to sign, I'll be okay with him signing a couple two, three-year contract and then being eligible when the salary cap goes up $20 million in a couple of years to cash in on that. He mm-hmm. deserves it. Mm-hmm. I'll give him that much. That big three can probably make five straight finals easily. Who's going to stop him? Nobody. Chicago? Who in the East? Der- Derrick Rose can't stay healthy. Jimmy Butler wants out. I don't care about the Pacers. The Pacers are nothing. The Hawks... They're a good team game, but you saw what happened against them in the playoffs. The Celtics stink. The Knicks stink. The Raptors aren't great. The Nets aren't really going to be much better than they were in the last couple years anytime soon. Let's be fair. That team, that core as constructed, could probably make the next five finals if they sign Kevin Love and LeBron for the next five years. Because, as another thing they said, and I agree with, see also Ray Allen, you're going to get guys like... You're going to get guys doing the Carl Malone and Gary Payton in 2001 trying to sign on with the Lakers to win a ring. You know who else you forgot? Who? James James Jones. Jones. And Mike Miller. Yeah. (laughs) But you're going to get guys like that who are going to say, you know what, I'll go play with LeBron. It's my best chance to win a ring. Yeah, absolutely. Eddie Curry did it. Eddie Curry has a ring. Eddie Curry has a ring. How many straight finals has LeBron been to? Five. Thank you. Enough said. Good night. Let's go NHL. Stanley Cup. I watched about seven minutes of that, too. I, as I said last week, I had no interest. I'm going to be honest. I, I didn't either. Um, but I followed it because I had to do the highlights for the K show. So I read about it mm-hmm. ad nauseum, whatever. And I, kudos to Ben Bishop for playing with a torn groin. Yeah. That's tough for a goalie. But at that <laughs> point, I mean, I know your backup's only 20 and he's green. You know, he's not wet behind the ears yet or frozen behind the ears yet. Why don't you go to him? Why don't you put, if you have a guy with a, uh, uh, what was it? A, a torn, groin. torn groin. Your lateral movement can't be too good. The same reason Ryan McDonough played a handful of games with a broken I, foot. I get it. I, I get just... it. But he's your goalie. I mean, McDonough could take a couple of could strides, low, where he... loaf it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. But the goalie, when when he's under fire, and think about it, with a torn groin, give up two goals, two goals in Game Six. Every single game was decided by a goal. Hey, Tampa, how'd you like that? And how? how who knows how... How'd you like that 2 nothing loss like you gave to us at the Garden? It was torn, but who knows how badly injured he was towards the end of the Rangers series, and he was brilliant in games 5, 6, and 7. As my grandmother used to say in her broken English, put that in your pipe in a smoke. Yeah. How'd that feel? Yeah. I feel for Captain Callahan. I don't. I don't at all. Somebody mentioned today on... on Joe number two, the cycle of Brad Richards is now complete. <laughs> he leaves the Rangers. He wins a cup with the Lightning. He goes to the Rangers. The Rangers jettison him. The Lightning beat the Rangers. And then the Blackhawks, the team he's on, beats the Lightning. Now the he could track. retire. Yeah. yeah. And Kimo Timonen. I, I did watch for that. You owe me a beer. I did watch for that. And I'll tell you what. I remember in 2001, I think it was, when Joe Sackick handed the cup. Didn't even skate it. 
handed it immediately to Ray Bork. Ray Bork, yeah. And said, go, this is your moment. And Taves has now held the Stanley Cup three times in six years. And he went, and Kimo went to give it back. And he said, no, go skate. Like, he went to give it to somebody. I forget who it was, maybe Kane. And he said, no, go skate. Is go there, take this in. Uh, look. Because he's, this no is No offense to any other sport. None. But is there anything better? Than, no, skating the cup. No. Uh, let me tell you what. Better. Working for the network that broadcasts it and having to log that game, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> and do you know Do you know the cup was late getting to the arena? Was it? NBC uh, had to go to interview after interview before the cup got out there. Apparently, it wasn't in the arena. How was it not there? It was stuck somewhere outside of Chicago, and the guy... With the white gloves, you know, the floppy mm-hmm. blonde and Mr. white hair yeah. now. Mr. Clean Beaver. He had to do a hundred miles an hour to get to the damn how, arena. How is that not in the arena before I don't the game know. starts? I don't know. I, mean, I, I saw it on Facebook or Twitter. It was going through the x-ray machine at the airport. I saw that picture. That 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 cup should be in Chicago for game four. Because, Chicago. Bang, bang. Because, or wherever, as soon as... It, there's a chance that some team could go up three. That's where it should be, and it should follow. It should go with them. Could I tell you a pretty cool story? Sure. Covering the 97 World Series, we, in the eighth inning, all the reporters went downstairs. The Indians were winning at that point. And when we lined up to go out into the field to interview the, the winners, the Marlins tie the, the game. The champagne was in the other locker room. The Marlins, you told me this story. The Marlins tie the game. Did I tell it on the podcast? I don't if remember. I did, I'm sorry. I don't remember. You've told me, so go ahead. The Marlins tie the game. The guys are, yeah, the guys come out of the Cleveland locker room running with the tarp that covers the lockers into the Marlins locker room. And then two seconds after that, some guy is like hustling the champagne. It's just this big cooler of champagne into the other locker room because the locker rooms were on opposite, opposite sides at Pro Player. Wow, what a scene that was. And then Council scores the game winner, and it was Renteria with the Renteria, hit. Yeah. yeah. It was great. It was great seeing It's that. the fun underside of, yeah, of, of that. Yeah, You, you couldn't but see the game winning run. How is the Stanley run, Cup not in the building? I mean, I, like... That I don't know. So they can even, so even NBC can go to him and say, there's the Stanley Cup! You know, like, I can't do a good Doc... Doug does a much better Doc Emmerich impression than I do, so I won't I won't sully Doc Emmerich's greatness by doing an impression, but and there's the Stanley Cup. It wouldn't know? be a Stanley Cup final without Gary Bettman getting booed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> good Lord. Um... I, I, I Listen, I got to give the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, the, the original six franchise, with their sixth title, three in the last six years. And if they're not a, they're the San Francisco, they're not a one-to-one favorite to win the Stanley Cup in 2017. Exactly. <laughs> Just because. But listen, how hard is it? I'm not saying it isn't hard to win the Super Bowl. It isn't hard to win, you know, no. the, the World Series. It isn't hard uh, to win the NBA title. But the hockey playoffs, those teams, one through eight, are so close. And it's so tough to fight through each round of the opener, the quarter, the semi, the conference, then the final. Or it is the quarter, the semi, the conference final, then the final. Sorry, 16 games to win it. But agree or disagree, to navigate that in hockey is probably the toughest road to navigate. And the Blackhawks have done it. Three, Three times, times in the years. last six years. There is a poster that was a tagline that used to hang up in the Versus studio when I worked there mm-hmm. that said, it's only 35 pounds, but it takes 20 men to lift it. 
and it's the absolute God's honest truth about the Stanley Cup, that it takes everybody. Now, yes, can a hot goaltender get you on a run? See also J.S. Jaguar a few years ago when Anaheim won the Cup? Yes. Sebastian Jaguar. Can someone like Johnson, Kucherov, and Palat, that line, propel you very far? Yes. But it takes every single player on that team. And listen, we just talked about how LeBron almost by himself willed the Cavs to a championship. We've talked about how you look at, you know, dominant pitching performances in the postseason. Randy Johnson and Curt Schilling almost single-handedly or dual-handedly, I guess, won the 2001 World Series for the Diamondbacks on the mound. We've talked about how crazy great individual performances can win you a Super Bowl, or all it takes is one catch, David Tyree. You can't do that in hockey. No. Even with a hot goalie, even with a hot scorer, it takes 20 guys. Maybe 19 because most teams don't use their backup goalie. Look at Lundqvist. Gave up two goals. Four goals in the last two. Game five, game seven. Lost both. Two nothing. Two nothing. So what good did he do you there? Mm -hmm. Nothing because the offense didn't score. Now we didn't know McDonough and and Stahl were Might as well have had Vern Lundqvist in goal. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been fun. It would have been. But yeah. Because he could have called the game as he was... Playing goal. Yeah. But listen, you know, you talked about skating. You have to listening to Doc Emmerich and Eddie and just hearing them tell anecdotes about each player and about <clears throat> the cop and about things. I don't know how you can't say those two guys it doesn't get aren't, any aren't the best. I and mean, Pierre. Don't leave Pierre out. Pierre's tremendous. I love that guy. <sighs> no, I love Pierre. You might not, but not so I do. much. But, I mean, you know, maybe a lot of them are provided by research. And we know, being part of the media ourselves, there are a lot of things in game notes or you can look up that you can have at the ready for that. But they still have to do that, even if they do. I mean... The, I saw Doc's board. He had quotes. He had stats. He had... Yeah. I mean, it's basically a little bit bigger than an 8.5 by 11. And he's got everything he needs on that. He's and he'll say things during down. the course of a broadcast and make you go, oh, wow. Just random, just random anecdotes. And he, he had something about D-Day. Yeah. A hundred hockey players died in on D-Day. Who knew? Doc did. Doc did. Unbelievable. Anyway. I'd listen to him and Gus Johnson call like a bingo game. Because Gus would go bananas when somebody called bingo, and Doc would just like make it sound like the most interesting thing in the world. <laughs> B-57. Oh! I mean, come on. That's tremendous. When I have my sketch show, that's definitely going to be a sketch in the show. Gus Johnson and Doc Emmerich called Bingo to yes. Senior Center. Doug could play Doc Emmerich, and we'll have to get somebody to play Gu- uh, Gus Johnson. Gus Johnson would probably play Gus Johnson. Yeah, be, yeah I think he'd do it. Yeah, he, he works for us now. He's he, part of the conglomerate, he, right? He, he'll be able to laugh at himself. Yeah. Come on. How can you not? I think we're good. That's, I think we're good. That's, that's a magic, magic hour. hour. Yeah. We'll talk about the Yankees and their Jekyll and Hyde next week. Or no. No, we won't. No, we won't. Uh, right before the All-Star break. I think that's good. So we'll get you two shows, the 3rd and the 10th, somewhere around there, the 2nd mm-hmm. and the 9th. The 2nd and the ninth, Whatever. Um, before the break hits. And uh, we'll, we'll have a couple more weeks for the Yankees to kind of right this ship because uh, Ken, Ken Davidoff had their stretches in there. I think it's 3-6, yeah. and six, then 18-6. and six, Yeah, Jack, and, Jack Curry's tweeted it too. They, they, yeah. And they've, since the seven-game winning streak, Jacob Lindgren gives up that two-run homer to Michael Taylor. They've won one game since. It's just, it's... If there's any old-school great adventure peeps out there, the Yankees are pretty much rolling thunder. Mm. 
or the Great American Scream Machine, depending on your uh, upside down perspective. Yeah. I, I had a upside down and make you crazy. Let me give you advice: never have egg McMuffin before going <laughs> on Great <laughs> American <laughs> Scream Machine. <laughs> I did, and I regretted it the rest of the day. (laughs) But no, yeah, I mean, they've lost. They they Uh, won Sunday in Baltimore. That's their only win over the last week. After they had won seven in a row, after they had lost three of four in Oakland, after they had swept Kansas City, after they had gotten swept by Texas. I was it. Was it Dennis Dennis Green or whoever was? We are who they thought they were. Your record is who you you are. What your record says you is. I think that's Bill Parcells. Bill Parcells, yeah. Dennis Green's crown their ass, that's right. Right now, the Yankees and wins go together like lamb and tuna fish. Perhaps you're more comfortable spaghetti and meatball? <laughs> you don't like spaghetti and meatballs, you just get the hell out. Um, no. <laughs> like, I will say this, and, and we'll end on this note, and we'll wait till July 2nd and okay. July to talk more about this. As much as Joe Girardi says you're never as good as when you're playing great and you're never as bad as when you're playing terrible, the Yankees are doing very little to prove that they are not an 80-85 to win team because... In baseball, as Joe Girardi says, everything averages out. It just so happens with the Yankees that everything averages out every two weeks, where they win a handful, then they lose a handful, then they win a handful, and they lose a handful. They're not doing very much to dispel the myth of what they are mm-hmm. 60-ish games into the season. That's just the myth. That's just the fact of the matter, unfortunately. Matt, any thoughts? <laughs> Matt speechless. <laughs> Dynamite drop in, man. <laughs> I see that broadcasting school's really pay off. <laughs> uh, this is the point of the show where I'm going to insert the music and you know it's 15 seconds from over. <laughs> For Lou DiPietro, at Lou DiPietro, yes, on Twitter. I'm at Chris Sheeran, yes. Do you have a Twitter handle? Matt is not even on the Twitter. Good. Keep it that way. Uh, I'm Chris Sheeran. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you in a couple weeks. And don't forget, we'll have a show for you next week as well. It's a pretty entertaining one. I can say that very confidently. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, Tate. Yeah. Have a great couple of weeks. Uh, We will see you down the line. Take care, everybody.